We're standing at the corner of Wall Street and Main Street. Today, we'll be talking about another intersection. That's the one between investing and insurance. While we don't always think about insurance from the perspective of investing, it can be a cornerstone of wealth management and financial planning. Insurance products can give advisors tools to better meet their clients' goals and objectives and give investors different options to protect and grow their wealth. This brings us to our topic for today, annuities. Let's start with a 101. What is an annuity? Here's a definition. The term annuity refers to an insurance contract issued and distributed by financial institutions with the intention of paying out invested funds in a fixed income stream in the future. Investors invest in or purchase annuities with monthly premiums or lump sum payments. The holding institution issues a stream of payments in the future for a specified period of time or for the remainder of the annuitant's life. Annuities are mainly used for retirement purposes and help individuals address the risk of outliving their savings. Now let's go into the 201 course and talk about some of the features of annuities. Annuities are financial products that offer a guaranteed income stream, usually for retirees. The accumulation phase is the first stage of an annuity whereby investors fund the product with either a lump sum or periodic payments. The annuitant begins receiving payments after the annuitization period for a fixed period or for the rest of their life. Annuities can be structured into different kinds of instruments, which give investors flexibility. And finally, these products can be categorized into immediate and deferred annuities and may be structured as fixed or variable. Okay, so there's your crash course on annuities. But let's dive a little deeper. We're joined today by Amanda Adams, Director of Sales with Tarkenton Financial. Amanda, welcome to the Wall and Main podcast. Hey, Doug, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and pleasure to uh, be, be on this podcast with you today. I'm excited. All right, so I just gave our listeners an earful and tried to give them a broad overview of annuities, but I'd like to think that you're one of the experts uh, that we can count on for maybe putting a finer point on this. So how would you describe an annuity? Well, I, I think you great gave a very good description of what an annuity is. You know, Webster's definition is pretty simple. He just states it's a fixed sum of money paid to someone each year, typically for the rest of their life. Now, his definition is not wrong, but modern annuities are much more complex than that and provide additional benefits to a consumer. This definition that Webster gives is really describing a single premium immediate annuity or a SPIA, as we call it which fits his description, but we don't commonly see these used in financial planning anymore. The common types of annuities used today are the ones that you mentioned earlier and used by Tarkenton Financial and our competitors to help advisors and reps plan for retirement are fixed indexed annuities, registered index linked annuities, and multi-year guaranteed annuities. The other issue I have with the traditional definition of annuity is he states it's a fixed amount of income given for the rest of the person's life. Our number one selling annuity is actually not a fixed income payment at all. 
In fact, it increases every year with positive index performance. And in times like these where inflation is only going up, it's certainly a great benefit to the client. So while the traditional definition of annuities is not wrong, our industry has certainly evolved and I'm excited to, to help you teach your listeners more about how they currently work and can provide benefits. That's excellent. And I knew you'd do a better job uh, explaining it. Than I could. <laughs> no, no, you did great. <laughs> so, uh, and, um, and I'll say that, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've discussed briefly uh, off, off the air and one of the, I think the mysteries in finance is why insurance services and financial services don't play nicely together in the sandbox or, or don't, don't communicate more often because seemingly there's such complementary products. And I think one of the reasons is because there's, there needs to be a Sherpa to, to take us up the mountain to explain all of the different attributes, all of the different features that these products might offer to help us understand uh, how they can integrate into financial services so efficiently and effectively. But if I'll kind of take a step back here, because you've done such a great job already, you mentioned a few different types of annuity products there. Starting with SPIA, could you go through the ones you just mentioned briefly and give us an overview of how each one might work? Absolutely. Should I do this to, in my best Sherpa voice or... <laughs> The, the annuity Gandhi. If you've got a Sherpa <laughs> impersonation, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. But Gosh, you know what? I actually don't have that one fired up, ready to go. Okay. I'll have to work yeah. on that for next time, Doug. We'll use our imagination. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, so sure, a single premium immediate annuity um, is typically used in a five-year payout, a 10-year payout. It's where someone just says, hey, I've got 100000 and tell me how much I can get for the next 10 years out of that. The, these used to be more popular. To be quite honest with you, the reason we don't use them more um, is two reasons. One, the interest rates on the single premium immediate annuities are much lower than when they came out. So the client's return is not really substantial enough to make an argument that we should use this as a, as a good payout or income vehicle for the client. Um, and then the second reason is because SPIAs don't have an underlying asset. So fixed indexed annuities are so much more attractive because there's still an underlying account value that even though you're taking income and distributions from a product, there's still an underlying asset there that's earning interest and growing. So really what we're trying to achieve here is a reasonable return that will keep our principal intact. And a lot of clients will use fixed index annuities because They'll want to say, I'd like to keep my principal intact to pass off to my children or my wife one day. And then I'd like to use the income, you know, in retirement to help me supplement my pension or my social security and help me cover my main expenses. So we don't really see this as because when you decide to commit to that single premium immediate annuity, you're giving up control of your assets. So in some situations where um, you know, the client really, really needs the income, then we will, we will use those. Um, but very rarely are we seeing the, the SPIAs come up anymore. That's great. That's a great distinction between the two. So with a SPIA, you're really kind of giving your money to uh, the, the insurance carrier to yeah. give back to you incrementally at some agreed upon rate over some agreed upon duration. You got it. But with a fixed index annuity, you're actually 
putting that money into an index and then you're taking distributions, but there's the potential for that money to continue to grow. Did I get that right? You did get that right. That's correct. Excellent. Look at this. We're demystifying you, this, this uh, mysterious asset already. You, would, you did use one term that I technically would not have used in that description. And if it's okay, I'll go ahead and jump into the difference between an FIA and a VA right now, because it's a good transition from what you just said. Yes, um, please. You said that with a fixed index annuity, the client is invested in the index. That is truly how it works in a variable annuity. The client is invested in whatever they are allocated to. In a fixed index annuity, the client is actually not invested in that index. Their money is just tracking that index. And then the client is being credited based on the performance of that index. So their assets are not actually in you know, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or the Dow. Um, we're just following that index and then crediting the client based on the index performance. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and that's an important distinction. And, you know, the subtlety in how you phrase things can really almost change the definition of, of the investment. And, and from a, you know, a, a best interest or risk perspective, very important that you, that you phrase these and present these to your potential investors, you know, the right way. So how would that differ from a variable product with a, a similar structure? Sure. So easy math. Let's just say a client puts 100000 in an annuity and in a variable annuity, and the index they choose goes down 5%. Well, then the VA is going to have 95000 left in the account value you know, before fees at that point. But the FIA will still have 100000 because it is an insurance product. And because we have full downside protection, even if that index goes down because the client is not actually invested in it, they won't lose any of their principal or any of their account value at that point. Does, does that kind of click? Absolutely. And so there's your distinction between why a fixed annuity product would be considered an insurance product, but a variable product would be considered a security. Is that right. right? And, and, and inversely, you know, if the index goes up 10% on the variable annuity, they'd have 100000 before the fees are deducted. But on the FIA, they probably have somewhere around 6% or 7%, depending on what that cap is on the index that they've chosen. So a good way I like to, to think of it is, traditionally speaking, um, variable annuities, you're risking more for a higher payoff. Um, fixed index annuities, you're risking nothing, but your upside potential is going to be limited. So you can never get the full home runs that the variable annuity may be able to provide for you. But if another 2008 were to occur, you would never be substantially down in your account value. And that's why they're attractive to, you know, people between the ages of 55 and 70 or retirees. Well, you just served up a really nice segue for me there too. And I don't yeah, know. That's if you what I was so trying to do. Perfect. Intentionally, but um, <laughs> it if wasn't. I was, truly standing on the corner of Wall Street and Main Street right now, I'd probably be standing in the middle of a Category 5 hurricane. Um, we have <laughs> yeah. the stock market, the bond market, and the economy hitting this rough patch at the same time, really an unprecedented time in the history of, of the economy and the history of our country, where all of these chickens have seemingly come home to roost. 
How can annuities help advisors and investors navigate this kind of an environment? Right. Well, it, it takes the volatility out of, of the portfolio uh, portion that's in an indexed annuity. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. And the timing was kind of perfect, but um, we, we work with a rep who has done traditionally variable annuities. And he said, you know, some of my clients that are in variable annuities are getting a bit older. They're, they're less uh, risk averse. You know, they're more risk averse. And I think I need to sit down and look at what they're currently placed in and see if it makes sense to keep them here or look at some fixed index annuities that might provide them with more safety. They've done a really good job of accumulating in the VAs, but now it's time to kind of move into that safety and distribution portion. So we at Tarkenton have a, a software, it's called the Annuity Transition Tool, and it allows us to compare a very, a very specific variable annuity up against any specific FIA annuity. Pretty much anyone you could think of from any carrier is actually automatically populated in our software. So what we did is we compared side by side their current VA up against a current FIA that, that we could move them to. And we showed, you know, this is how much we could save them on fees. This is the historical 10-year performance on this FIA. This income is actually would, would be higher on the FIA than the variable annuity. Now, did we win all the time, 100% of the time? Absolutely not. But in those scenarios that where we were able to provide a lower fee to the client, higher guaranteed income, and complete downside protection, it was a win-win for those clients. And, you know, he probably moved somewhere between 12 to 15 clients last year that it, it made perfect sense for them at age 64 to 65 to do that. And he called me last week and he said, you know, these clients are calling me right now with all of this volatility and they've done the math on where their accounts would be. And they are really just like singing my praises and thanking me and giving me referrals and, you know, I love that because that's the beauty in our products. And it's really been tough for, um, you know, us insurance and fixed people for the past, you know, 10, 15 years, because we've been in such a bull market that everyone has kind of been le leading towards the investment side. But times right, like right now are really showing us why these products are needed in a portfolio and not necessarily a majority of the portfolio, but there needs to be somewhere where the assets are protected, where the client can't lose, where they've spent so much time saving up. Let's let's use a fixed indexed annuity to help them protect those assets that they've worked so hard to earn. So it's a good time to take a look at our products. We've gotten more competitive with our rates. Um, you know, we've got annual caps right now at six percent. I mean, five years ago they were three. <laughs> so we've actually got some great upside potential. And with that downside production, it can be a good combination. Right. I, I'm reminded of the famous Will Rogers quote, where he says, there are times to think about return on capital, and there are times to think about return of capital. And this feels like the latter, um, <clears throat> because of all the risk that has just seemingly materialized overnight. Right. So great point, great use case, and, and obviously there's a, there's a way to apply this effectively to navigate this volatility, and every advisor um, you know, who has the ability to do so should be considering this uh, as a strategy. Now, just to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that, when we talk about a fixed indexed annuity, 
what kind of indexes are we fixed uh, to here? What, what are we benchmarking against? And what are some popular options? Oh my gosh, Doug, I don't even think that we have time to go through all of the, <laughs> the indexing options, but I will tell you, obviously the ones that are, um, that are very popular right now are the market volatility indices. So we've got some great options. We've got a BNP Paribus with 120% participation rate. Um, we've got a Barclays with 150% participation rate for the client. So, um, you know, there are the market, market volatility indices are, are obviously very popular right now um, because of all the volatility. And the way that those work is they shift back and forth between the S&P 500 and the bond indices based on that volatility. And there's about a 21 day look back on those. So when the market starts to get volatile, we'll see those indices shift a little bit more to the bond strategies. Inversely, when the market starts to get more consistent and on the up and up, we'll go back towards those equity um, sides. So those volatility indexes are probably um, the most popular right now. Um, I'm a little more of a traditional girl. I, I like an S&P 500 annual strategy. And as it's going down, kind of get in while it's low and see if you know we can make a run. Um, but either way, we, we, really, um, we really like to allocate... Uh, we like to diversify. So I never put, if I'm advising an, an advisor on how they should allocate with one of their clients, I, I firmly believe that you should mix it up at least, you know, a 33% split three different ways. Um, it really just helps us kind of manage the return for the client and ensure that they're still uh, looking consistent across the board. So um, if you are interested in, in more information on the specific indices, we have 20 different carriers we work with. So typically when we start looking at a case or a client appointment that's coming up with one of our reps or advisors, then we'll start discussing the client's needs and, and base those allocations and indices on what we think they would you know, tend to be drawn to. You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead, Amanda. I, I was oh, going no. to, to ask that question shortly, <laughs> but before we get there, because I think that's probably going to be the most important revelation of this conversation, I want to talk about the industry perception of annuities, both good and bad, and maybe kind of dispel some myths here or um, or speak to some of the criticisms around annuities. You know, there have been financial service professionals that have seemingly built their identity around their disdain for annuities. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that, you know, first of all, I think that overture is misguided because, you know, horses for courses, there's, there's an application for just about every financial and insurance product out there if used correctly for the right investor for the right reasons. So it's a shame that um, you know people kind of make a name for themselves doing something that's just so um, so uh, blunt and, and and really out of context from what the conversation should be. So the conversation should be that there are pros and cons to consider with any type of investment, and annuities are no different. But let's talk about what are perceived as some of the cons, mm -hmm. and, and I'd like for you to weigh in on them. Um, you pay more. You may pay more in taxes. The upside on the investment may be limited. Uh, annuities can be expensive. They can be complex. 
And you know, today this one's probably most relevant, they can be sensitive to inflation. So how would you address those concerns? And how should investors consider these uh, factors when deciding if annuities are gonna be right for them? Absolutely, and, and you're right. There are many um, clients, consumers, even reps who had a negative connotation of annuities um, you know, dating back 20 years. And I have a few theories of why that was. And one is most advisors truly will start out in a wirehouse type atmosphere right at the the beginning of their career. And the wirehouses actually never had indexed annuities on their platform. So (laughs) obviously they were going to talk about the negative things that there could be with annuities because they simply did not offer them. So, um, you know, when you don't have access to a product and and don't really know all the ins and outs, it's easy to kind of pick apart the things that, that are not good about this product. So it's very interesting when I talk to a former wirehouse guy, oh my you know, OSJ or my manager at the wirehouse just hated annuities and didn't want us to talk about them with clients at all. Um, and I think a lot of that was just because they're, they're simply uninformed on the benefits of the products and, and truly how they work. Um, but then the second thing is, I think one of the cons, or I don't really see it as a con just because, um, like you said, I think it's suitable for different clients, different situations, and it would only be a con if somehow someone who shouldn't be looking at this product uh, has access to it. Uh, thankfully, the suitability with the carriers now, that would never happen. Um, but I think that is kind of a misconception. Liquidity is the biggest one. So every annuity has a some sort of penalty attached to it for taking your money and running, right? If you decide to liquidate your annuity, uh, depending on the product, there's going to be some sort of penalty. So, you know, with a lot of investments, you're still fully liquid and you don't really have to to pay the same kind of penalty that you would with an annuity. But the reason for that is because with an annuity, it is an investment that is backed by a large insurance carrier that, you know, we're talking PIMCO um, is who backs our largest insurance carrier, the largest money manager in the world. And what they're doing in order to pay the returns to the client is simply going out and buying up triple A rated corporate bonds. Well, we all know how corporate bonds work. You can't just keep an investment liquid and pay back a bond return immediately. You kind of have to, for lack of better terms, let it cook to see that consistent return. So if someone needs liquidity so bad that they um, can't withstand the amount of time that the product is in order to earn that income or that return, then they probably shouldn't be in the annuity in the first place. And that's really why compliance and suitability is in place. And the carriers do a great job Um, of looking at the client's total picture to make sure that wouldn't happen. But to answer your question, Doug, I really do think the biggest objection that people have when it comes to annuities is liquidity. The second reason I think they got a negative connotation is because there were some old school annuities probably 15, 20 years ago that were two-tiered annuities. Now, I personally, I liked the two-tiered annuities. They were really good. They had some some good bonuses, some good roll-ups on the products, and then the client would take a 10-year payout on the back end, and they would get some nice income off of that. 
The problem was, as with any industry, we've got some bad eggs out there, right? And so there were actually reps who were mis-selling these products and they were telling the clients, you can get your full account value back anytime. You don't have to take a 10-year payout. And unfortunately, because they were misinforming the clients of how the product worked, um, you know, they're kind of caused this media uproar about the old two-tiered annuity. So while I would argue they are some of the best annuities that have ever been created, a lot of people felt that they were, um, you know, kind of mistreated or misled on uh, the liquidity of those annuities. So I think those factors, the wirehouse not having access, um, the liquidity features being, um, you know, somewhat of a penalty to take it out, and then the misinforming of the old two-tiered annuities was kind of a way that people began to talk negatively about our products, but the two tiers don't exist anymore. Liquidity is not an issue if the client, you know, is has substantial liquidity. Um, and then, like I said, the penalties are in place so that the, the insurance carriers have the time to go out, buy up these triple A rated corporate bonds, and then get their returns back to give the client the substantial returns. So, I hope that was a, a decent explanation of why I think they have had a negative connotation in the past. Absolutely. And I think that that explanation is important because, you know, everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. But uh, obviously you have to sacrifice some things to gain certain things in investing in life in general. Um, and so it's good to know what you're giving up in exchange for what you're getting. And, and I think it's the responsibility of the industry of the advisors and even of the investors to understand that trade-off before deciding whether or not this strategy would be right for them. And now to sort of get to the, the, the conversation that I want to sort of close with here, because I think this is so important. Um, it's funny, I, I heard you use a term before where you said, uh, you know, when you were advising advisors. Right? <laughs> um, it's, that's an important concept because every financial product or insurance product that starts with origination has to find its way to an investor. Yes. And, and it has to get there through, I'd say a Sherpa, if I wanted to do a callback to the joke from before, through a, a chain with many links. It's got to get to the the people on the product side that are that are educating advisors on these products. And then it has to get from the advisor to the end user, the investor, to decide whether or not they want to participate. And, you know, that's a chain that really every link has to be so solid for, for it to work properly and could be one of the reasons that there, you know, there were some misconceptions about this asset class in the past. When financial service professionals understand how to integrate insurance services into their practices, it opens up a whole array of products and strategies to help meet their clients' needs. But for those who are new to insurance, it's often like learning a new language. And it's also very intimidating. Mm -hmm. How do we learn about all of these different products and features? How do we get to the point where we can actually recommend them to our clients? And, and when we get there, how will we know which products to choose? Here's the thing, Doug. I'm, I'm really glad that you bring this up because there is truly no way for an advisor to spend their time learning every single product that's out there. I mean, just at Tarkenton alone, we use 20 different carriers and each of them has about 10 different products. 
So if you as an advisor or rep is spending your days educating yourself on 200 different products, which by the way, change probably every two to three months, their features, you would have no time to sit in front of your clients. And honestly, that is the best use of your time is being in front of people and in front of clients and talking to them. So take the work of the product education off yourself and let us do that. Let us be the experts. Truly the best way that people can get to know this industry, speak our language is, is one of two ways. Part of it is over the phone. Part of it is in person. At Tarkenton, we do quarterly events where we fly in advisors um, to come to a four-hour training that we do. Now, we do three hours of training on our products, not just conceptually, but the features of the products as well. We do case studies. Um, and then we also do a one-hour session on marketing because that's that's how an advisor grows their book of business is, is by getting in front of more people. And we are truly dedicated to helping our advisors do that. Um, so we have those training events that we would love for, for any of you to attend in the future. And then we also do casework. So in my experience, it, the best way to truly get to understand these products is to have a real case and let us compete for that case, right? So here's how old the client is. Here's what their goal is with the money. Here's the age they want to retire. This is what they're getting from social security or a pension. You know, what product would give them the best income or this person's younger. I would love to give them some increasing income, things like that. And then we have several different ways that we at Tarkenton choose products. Probably the most popular way is a genius software that we have that has every single annuity, even the variable annuities um, in it. So it allows us to put in the client's you know, name, date of birth, all the specs, the amount they're looking to do, how many years they're waiting to retire. Um, and then we can truly come up with a plan that incorporates an annuity um, within their financial plan. We send that to you, we call you and we walk you through it and we teach you how it works. And we go line by line and say, this is why the account value is here. This is why the income value is here. And typically that's a 30 minute phone call for you to really get up to speed and understand why we think this could be a good solution for your clients. So the in-person events are always great. We've got one this coming Monday in Atlanta. We're doing four hours of training, then we're doing a happy hour at our office, and then we're doing a suite at the world champion Atlanta Braves game, um, might I add. Just had to throw it in, in there because I know shameless, you're shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we love to educate advisors on our products, and that's really the standpoint that we come from. We're not... We're not trying to you know, push anything here. And we understand that it's not always the best fit for the client, but we love to educate you and show you what we've got and why you know, we think it could make sense. So obviously where you're located in Georgia, where I'm located up in New York, and I should also mention in Minnesota, the name Tarkenton really rings bells. Um, your firm, Tarkenton Financial, is led by the great Fran Tarkenton, great in many ways, but obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, who played in Minnesota, played for the New York Giants as well, and, and, and played his college ball in Georgia. We're so grateful and, and really honored to have this relationship with your group for our reps and advisors at Kingswood US and at Benchmark Investments. 
LLC, our two sister companies. But uh, you know, there is a universe of organizations like Tarkenton, and there's obviously a universe of carriers who have so many resources uh, for advisors and investors to educate themselves on insurance products. Um, for more information, Amanda, about Tarkenton Financial and about all of these great products and services that you've been describing here, what would be the best way for our listeners to get access? Absolutely. The best way would be to just email me or call me. Uh, my email address is aadams at Tarkenton Financial, as in Amanda Adams. And then my phone number is 404-504-3104. And we have really enjoyed the partnership with you, Doug, with Kingswood US, with Benchmark Investments. You've been a great partner to us and you do a wonderful job for your advisors and reps as well. And you're just the kind of organization we like to partner with. Um, and we know this is, we're in it for the long haul with you guys. So Fran, you know, like you said, Fran is, is quite a brand. We call it Hall of Fame branding here because, Doug, as you mentioned, we do have a lot of competitors out there. The IMO space is, is vast and it's only getting larger. And many of you probably already work with one or you're getting called and, and recruited by them all the time. We are not a mass recruiting organization. Fran never wants to be. Uh, that's the world I came from. And I'm so thankful to be here in this environment. It's so refreshing. Um, Fran cares about people. He cares about relationships. He truly believes the mission of business is to help people. Um, that's one of his maxims. He has five of them. And he lives by that. So his leadership is, is tremendous. And one of the things that's unique and sets us apart from our competitors is that you have a Hall of Fame quarterback to help you brand and build your business. Um, you may not think having, you know, a brand in your back pocket could benefit what you're doing from a financial planning standpoint, but I'll tell you, and if your your market is with people between the ages of 55 and 70, they know who Fran is. And sometimes just a, a free signed football or jersey or a call from Fran to wish one of your clients a happy birthday can really go a long way. Um, so I really think that's something special that that sets us apart. And, and we'd love anybody to consider giving us a call or, or working with us in the future. Excellent. And I, I really appreciate the kind words, Amanda, and the feeling is certainly mutual. We're, we're very happy to have you as a, as a partner. Uh, can't say enough good things about the corporate culture. And clearly, uh, you know, that is a reflection of the leadership that you have and, and the integrity that your firm has. And so for anyone listening who is not a financial professional or an insurance professional and wants to learn more about Tarkenton Financial, www.tarkentonfinancial.com. Uh, the link will also be available uh, on the page for this podcast. And I really want to thank Amanda Adams for being so generous with her time and her knowledge today and helping us demystify this asset, uh, the annuity. Thank you so much, Amanda. <laughs> Absolutely, Doug. Anytime.